A continuation of that scripture of Luke found in the second chapter. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. There was no room for them in the inn. Let us pray together. O God, may the words that proceed from my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And may you this day show us joy in new ways and in new messages through the Christ child this Advent season. Amen. Parker Palmer, a Quaker and famous author-activist, and also a former Georgetown professor, found himself at a critical point of his life around the age of 35. He realized that despite his PhD and overachieving resume, not many doors were opening for him in his life. In his book entitled Let Your Life Speak, he recounts a conversation that put these closed doors into perspective. He writes... After a few months of deepening frustration, I took my troubles to an old Quaker woman well known for her thoughtfulness and candor. Ruth, I said, people keep telling me that way will open. Well, I sit in the silence, I pray, I listen for my calling, but way is not opening. Ruth responds, In 60-plus years of living, way has never opened in front of me. She paused, and I started sinking into despair. Was this woman telling me that the Quaker concept of God's guidance was a hoax? Then she spoke again, this time with a grin. But a lot of way has closed behind me, and that's had the same guiding effect. From this, Palmer concludes, When I consistently refuse to take no for an answer, I miss the vital clues to my identity that occur when way closes. For there is as much guidance in what does not and cannot happen in my life as there is in what can and does, maybe more. Our passage today seems to be full of closed doors, the way to a space where the travelers could rest their head and the child could come seems to appear to be behind a closed door. These doors have shut off the hope of a place to stay and rest. The long travel to Bethlehem, the crowded roads along the way, and the fatigued travelers necessitate a place to stay. But it doesn't seem that Motel 6 has left the light on for them because the passage today tells us that there is no room for them in the inn. And though modern culture places Christ's birth in a stable, there actually is no mention at all of a stable in the story, but the presence of the manger, a feeding trough for animals, leads our minds to a barn scene. Some scholars have actually placed Mary and Joseph in the middle of a house that they had been in for quite some time before the baby had come. Perhaps it was even relatives of Joseph's. 
and models of homes at that time would have included an arrangement for the animals to be brought in the center of the home during the night to help heat the house and also to protect the animals from thieves. So a manger inside of the residence is not so far-fetched. To even further this story, uh, this theory, the Greek word we have translated as room, topos, is actually translated almost exclusively in other occurrences throughout Luke as place. So when we pair room with in, it makes it sound like the Hilton is all booked up. But essentially, the scripture reads thusly, there was no place for them in the guest room. So did they not stay in this inn because there was not enough space? Or was it because they did not belong? There was no place for them there. Place was reserved for people who fit. Relatives or those in high society would have had the upper edge. Perhaps they did not meet the expectations. This young Bethlehem-bound mother knows about not fitting expectations. The Isaiah text that Tom read for us today tells of an expectation of an anticipated God that will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save the chosen people, Judah. All of this perpetuating the idea of a ruler that will come as a savior and save the people from their enemies. And Isaiah continues to say that with this coming God, there's also coming a holy way highway whereby no unclean will travel on it. It will be reserved for God's chosen. And at the time of authorship, the chosen were the Israelites. But Mary, knowing the message of the angel, sings of a child, on the other hand, that will show mercy, lift up the lowly, and help Israel. It's a child that grows up to welcome the unclean, the Gentile, you and I, onto this highway. He doesn't exactly fit. And the innkeepers then are right. There is no place for him in the theological end of Judean Israel. Whether we read the story more traditionally, with them going door to door and knocking, or more critically, as being unfit house guests, I'm sure it would be just as painful to discover that there was no place for them. Had they were not worked hard enough getting there? Had they not rubbed shoulders with the right people? Had their northern accents made them unacceptable to their more southern family members? Where had they gone wrong? And the question all of us would be asking, now what do we do? Like Palmer, it seemed that there was no doors opening for them. Palmer recounts a few pages after the excerpt I read earlier that his first memories of a door closing was a job layoff. Apparently, he had made some juvenile comments about a work project a little too loudly and to the wrong people. In retrospect, he admitted his mistake, but he attributed his behavior to boredom. The project was not for him. It did not suit his identity at all. Therefore, he tried to make it interesting by goofing off. 
The slamming door behind him saved him quite a bit of misery in his life, though. It had been painful for him not to fit. Yet it turned out to be the biggest blessing because he discovered who he was in the process. Closed doors may often appear to us also as a direct reflection of our character, thinking that we must not have worked hard enough, focused enough, or rubbed up against the right people. Perhaps, though, we were meant to write a different chapter, to discover new insights about ourselves. And maybe the expectations that we've had of ourselves or those that others have had of us did not match up to what was really intended for us. Whether it's intentional or not, the message of the Savior being born in this world in a lowly manger rather than a palace crib sets the stage for the entirety of Christ's ministry. Christ did not hang out in the throne room. He ate with sinners. If he had come as a king, perhaps he would have been crucified a bit earlier than what he was for letting lepers into the throne room. And if he had entered this world through the palace doors, perhaps he would have missed the woman at the well and the man possessed by a demon. These closed doors guided the way for a new message to come to us. And as much as we want to make the owners of the ends the other, because after all, they were the one that turned away Christ, Anne Weems confronts us with the very dilemma of the innkeeper. In the poem that we read a few weeks back and then this week is printed on the front of your worship folder, she writes in the first few lines, In each heart lies a Bethlehem, and in where we must ultimately answer whether there is room or not. Is there a place for Christ in our guest room? Does Christ fit into our theological abode? Do we put expectations on Christ that are not realistic to who he actually is? Do we expect Christ to save us from experiencing financial hardship, medical difficulty, relational strain, and then turn him out when he does not meet our expectations. Perhaps even our assessment of him at the door turns our gaze beyond the spiritual Christ and sizes up the body of Christ and the worshipers around us. Do we expect these people sitting around us now, do we expect them to also exempt us from financial difficulty? to exempt us from the sorrow of medical distress or relational challenges. Maybe in some of our disappointments, we're able to know how Christ does fit into our lives. I'm going to be honest with us this morning. Our understanding of God at some point may lead us to question, like Palmer, some of our beliefs and may even lead us to believe that some of those beliefs are a hoax, in his words. These closed doors can be frustrating because what we once thought of God does not fit in with what we are now experiencing. There is no place for him in our beliefs. But know this. Though there was no room for him, he came anyways. Though the innkeepers or homeowners turned him away, he died for them anyways. This Advent, 
How will we answer Ann Weems' call? Will we shut out the true identity of Christ to replace it with some commodified version of Jesus that comes to us from reading those commercially produced greeting cards and decorative store banners? Or will we gather with the nativity characters in the rawness of creation with animals and stars and misfit characters to proclaim a message that the world longs to hear. In my heart and in yours, there lies a Bethlehem, an inn where we must ultimately answer whether there is room or not. Let's pray together. Holy God, over the years we have apologized over and over for shutting you out as you have knocked on those doors going from end to end looking for a place. But God, you have come to us nonetheless. And through that message, you have proclaimed something profoundly new. We thank you for that message because that message means that you have incorporated us into your loving care. God, may we this Advent season know that love and know the depths and the width of it. Thank you for who you are and for coming to us in the ways that you did. It's in your name we pray. Amen.